Marvel's The Eternals, The Lion King 2019, Halloween 2018. Have you ever wondered to yourself, perhaps there is a bit of untapped potential to this medium of filmmaking based on these three illustrious films? Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a whole wide world of filmmaking out there just waiting to be explored. Welcome to Famish for Film, the home of two pretentious tapeworms that like to suck the fun out of everything. Today we are going to be discussing the rancid and wretched awfulness of Sing 2, along with an interview with Adam Edwards as he discusses his love for practical effects and the Star Wars franchise. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hello and welcome to this section of the podcast, the movie discussion section with me and my co-host, Jackson. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, thank you for that, Jackson. And today, that is probably, this is probably the happiest you're going to hear both of us because we have <laughs> a hum of dingers to talk about today. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is basically my favorite movie, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's honestly jumped it's like top one or three <laughs> today we're going to be talking about none other than sing two um, <clears throat> sing two developed by the troglodytes over at illumination who are the masterminds behind yes the minions and sing two is a sequel to sing and <laughs> it's about an ensemble of different characters who have dreams and aspirations of becoming famous singers and performers and things like that. And they get a gig at this Las Vegas equivalent. And the plot really doesn't matter. I don't even know why I'm trying to describe the plot right now. It is wow. literally just scene after scene of random incohesive character beats quote-unquote that have nothing to do with each other the movie has no structure to it it's literally just like uh, it has the energy of a freaking tiktok cat video that's trying to make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside and it has absolutely nothing to it when it comes to filmmaking or artistic expression yeah. or anything of the sort what did you think, Jackson? So I I think you guys can probably tell, not our favorite movie, but <laughs> I think I would like to start on a positive note, actually, which is rare for me. But let's let's just get out that's of the it. way I'm some of the, the things cast that... here. You said what? I'm ending the cast here. Yeah, okay, okay, uh, no. that's fair. <laughs> no, you don't get to talk positively about it. No, no, no okay, yeah. So I, I, I do want to point out the couple of things that I liked about it before I get lost in my vitriol. <laughs> but... I'll start by saying that this movie made me laugh one time hmm. in the scene when? in the scene uh I, it's hard to describe but there was basically like they were sneaking into a uh like VIP like uh performance center basically like uh and like a to audition for a place that they didn't have like an interview for right and so they all kind of like dressed up as like janitors and like snuck in and even though that's kind of like a cliche like yeah. it, it, the way that it was shot did make me laugh. I thought that was mm. fine. That's fair. There, yeah. there was one shot that I recognized was kind of nice, and that was when they were on the uh, bus, kind of traveling to this like uh, auditioning place. And I liked it because I, of like the motion parallax. Like 
it, it had a really good like sense of depth and like i don't know if that's a technical term but for those of you who don't know mm. like motion parallax is like a perception thing where things in the uh background will move a lot slower than things in the foreground and that's kind of like how we read like depth perception just like uh, a little bit of psychology trivia because i'm a psychologist but um like that's kind of just like yeah. i thought that, that was a cool thought all right whatever um okay yep yeah. and uh you you, um, you literally study movies bro <laughs> <laughs> not just movies how to communicate as well I, I, hey i learned how to talk um <laughs> But uh, let's see. And okay, and, and and you know what? The ending scenes of both of the scenes, right? I think that if I had to guess, they probably sit down, write the ending scene, and go, "This is how we want the movie to end," yeah. and then work entirely backwards. They're like, "Uh, let's just put things in that make it make sense that we have this ending scene the way it is," because like that is the only way I can feasibly see. Because the ending scenes are usually probably the best scene in the movie, right? For uh-huh. both scene one and scene two. And I think that I honestly did appreciate the, like, overall, uh, like, the show that they decided to put on in front of this, like, like crowd. I thought it was cool. Mm. I, I'll give the movie that. I thought that the ending scenes for both the movies were pretty cool. Um, really? But, again, we get lost in what happens before that that honestly <laughs> makes it so that the ending is just a breath of fresh air as opposed to uh, being a climax like it could be in a very like a uh, well-structured movie so yeah, those are feels the, like the, yeah. feels like a dump truck of cow manure is like dropped on top of you for the first hour and 20 minutes or right. something like that and then whenever you get to the ending you get like a little face hole right that you can like breathe out of. <laughs> and and like that's like amazing right like that's the best <laughs> thing ever right after being trapped for so long that's incredible yeah <laughs> So those were my good thoughts about the movie. Do you have any good things that you wanted to add? You know, I will say one thing, and I'll be honest, this is kind of like a backhanded compliment (laughs) a little bit, but I will say Illumination is impressive in how good they are at, like, manipulation, right? And I can't tell if (laughs) I, like really enjoyed these scenes or not but i will admit there were some scenes whenever like characters were having their story beats like concluded near that ending scene when i was actually like perking up a little bit yeah i was actually like wow i'm i'm feeling for this movie even though there was literally nothing in terms of setup in terms of writing structure in terms of making characters that i should care about yeah. that should have warranted that sort of thing. And so I will say the actual like flashiness of the movie is somewhat impressive. And like the fact that they are able to inspire emotion through something that's just so at its core, just like a nothing burger. <laughs> Lifeless, yeah. Yeah. It It is somewhat interesting to see at least. But I was wondering, what did you think about, like, the use of music throughout the whole movie? Because it is a very musically oriented kind of movie, um, in a way. Like, did you think that it was well implemented? Did you think that it was consistent? Like, what were your thoughts on that? So, uh, first of all, off rip, uh, a U2 song? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Who listen? Listen, man. 
how okay i i feel first of all i have to get this off my chest i don't even know uh, no I'm, I'm checking on spotify how many monthly viewers does you two have because i feel like they're one of those those bands that everyone knows but no one listens to yeah. uh let's see you two uh let's check them out 17 million month okay so apparently i'm wrong so oh. i'll take that back i'll concede that point um <laughs> So I'll wow. take that back. Don't you uh, look rather foolish right now? Yeah, I, Ben, please cut that out of the podcast. I don't want to look stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought that, like you know, they did have some pretty decent selections of songs. I, I thought that they were, um, like you know, a, like different uh, genres, which I thought was cool. I wasn't expecting mm. to hear like Soyo. I thought that was a cool song. Oh, dude, see, I, no, I'm gonna sound like a boomer by saying this, but I listened to that song like four years ago. Like, I liked it, but, like, yeah, when I was, like, 16. <laughs> like, uh. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like my music taste has grown, but, like, I, it's just crazy that, like, all the the music that I used to listen to is now, for some reason, just bursting into popularity. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I like how we basically haven't even talked about, like, the plot in the slightest yet. Plot? What plot? <laughs> just... Things just happened. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I get it. They, they had some semblance of, like, uh, uh, progression of what needed to happen, right? But mm-hmm. it, a lot of it was, like, I, okay, <clears throat> it's, let's, let's describe it like this, right? Yeah. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book, except the alternate path was the path that they took, and it's not in a good way. It felt like mm. there was something that was supposed to be happening, and I was not able to see that thing that was supposed to be happening, because they kept deciding to take side paths that were not as important, and mm. I, I just felt like I just like was watching, yeah, like I was just yeah. watching them kind of like stitch scenes together as opposed to like a coherent story. Like for instance, the first time I actually felt this was when you know in the the beginning part of the movie. Are we allowed to talk about spoilers in these movies? Oh these yeah, podcasts? for sure. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I know you guys are probably going to be dying to watch this movie. <laughs> I'll try to keep it late. With the oh gosh. Not Sing too. Not Sing too. I was it's really like, looking forward to the plot twist. <laughs> it's almost. It's been out for like what two years? Yeah, no, you guys are fine. Yeah, this nah, is Dale's fault now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the beginning, where there's like a reviewer that comes into the theater and it's like, oh, you guys aren't good enough or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had the distinct thought of like, I could be watching them do something else right now, but this is the choice that they made. And I gave it to the movie. A plot's got a plot. Movie's got a movie. That's fine. I can ex- I can understand that. But it all just felt like subversive in a not like good or enjoyable way. It was subversive in that like I'm just like, why is this the thing that they would choose to focus on? But whatever. Mm-hmm. And subversive how would you say? Like how is just... it kind of? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. It, again, I, it's it's hard to describe, but it's the the feeling that like there was something actually substantive happening in the background, but they mm. chose to focus on the thing that we were seeing in the movie. And that's the only way I can describe it. Like, like almost like we were getting the alternate ending as opposed to like what was supposed to happen. And that right. I, I'm so sorry, but that is as far as I can explain it because that is the only way that it makes sense to explain it. Yeah. So it felt like, were there parts of the story that like parts of the background characters with, the wolf guy or a certain commentaries on like the entertainment industry that you're kind of wishing that they more leaned into in a way that could have made the writing a bit more interesting or was it like something else more direct that you were kind of like longing for 
honestly, I think that's a, the first thing you said was a pretty good way of describing it. Like, there was so much that they could have tackled, and maybe maybe that was would be a better way of articulating it. Thanks, but like, hmm. you know, there's so much that could be talked about. There, it's a small theater group. Um, that it, it's funny that we, we I like we watched uh, another movie recently for this podcast, and it's also about a theater. I just re- recognize the connection, but <laughs> I don't know why. But it's it's a much better movie. But it just right. reminds me because of the connection. But uh-huh. um, there were there were so many like things that could be talked about in terms of like in industry and, and entertainment and how it can be like flawed. But I understand that they they're trying to target it to like a uh, a wide audience. But we've yeah. seen with other movies like the Lego movie, the Batman movie, like a lot of Lego movies, like just <laughs> little like, you know, well-made family movies that like it's possible to talk about complex topics like, you know, like uh, uh, let me think of like in the Lego movie of like corporations and like uh, materialism. Right. Like, you know, yeah. th- those are there are themes that, that can be well like communicated well to any group of people. Um mm-hmm. Like, you know, despite what the targeted movie audience is, is going to be. So a lot of people say, oh, it's a kid's movie. And I don't actually use that excuse because I think that, you know, a so like, quote unquote, kid's movie has right. the potential of being just as good as any other movie. And that we're almost dragon, like the Iron Giant. Yeah. Even like something like Shrek. I mean, Shrek. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Because that was a movie that like you watch as a kid and you're like, this is awesome. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, wow, this is really awesome. This is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. and, like. I think we're almost like um like giving you know these studios this like unfair advantage and saying that they don't have to work as hard to do the same thing that other movies have to do like I think that that's how we stagnate you know the development of like the 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 genre of like film and I, I just mm-hmm. it 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 really felt like this movie wanted so much to just introduce you know their target audience to these big ideas but you know it it's just clear that maybe the writing team, like they just didn't know how best to incorporate that into the, the context that they had. I honestly mm-hmm. think that if the, the story tried to be a little simpler, I genuinely think that the movie would be more stomachable for me. Stomachable, mm-hmm. is that a word? More stomachable? I'd say digestible. I don't know if stomachable is a word. <laughs> um, so it, more liverable. Like, li- yeah, uh, spleenable. <laughs> right. Uh, quite lymph lymph notable but um <laughs> I, I i just think that like you know that is kind of my big thing it's like you know yeah i either, i don't, I don't yeah, know if ahead. i i feel like i have a different kind of perception on this film actually interestingly enough because like i see what you're saying with how the writing team might have just like kind of missed out on the potential here yeah but i don't know i think that the reason why this movie gets under my skin so incredibly much is because it just kind of reeks of apathy in a way. Like Mm. it seems as though the writing team or the people behind this movie were almost aware of certain avenues they could have taken to make the story more interesting, more dramatic, more endearing even. Right. And they just, completely tossed it to the side in an effort to basically cast as wide of a net as possible in order to make as much money as humanly possible through a cinematic movie like this because i don't know it just with the way that some of the characters are written the way that like 
conflict is so is dealt so sparsely in yep. the movie like there's no tension there's no stakes whatsoever conflict is always just it's the same thing with movie musicals in my eyes like conflict the writers almost see conflict as something that an audience wouldn't want to experience or something that an audience wouldn't really enjoy seeing in a movie and so they either try to just water it down to the point where it's not even conflict anymore or just yeah. completely ignore it altogether like the whole conflict of i've said conflict like fifty thousand times conflict 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 conflict, 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 conflict. it's not a word anymore it's not a word it's being a word yeah the struggle there you go of, the struggle of <laughs> the youtube bono singer and his grief of his wife dying of some sort of medical illness and that character could have been so interesting and could have had such an arc but the movie just completely drops the ball with it and makes him get over his grief so incredibly easily yeah yeah and it's always hard for me to watch because i think that even though you know uh and this is kind of it's funny that like, you start talking about that because this is where my interest in media kind of comes in it's like mm-hmm. you know betr- the portrayal of like you know uh people's experience with like the world and like life so that's kind of what initially draws me to like media in general but you know there's so many great ways to represent um like grief or mental illness or I guess any sort of like you know neurodiversity that you might like that that might be like you know interesting in a character and I think that right. even though we might not recognize it like um I guess overtly you know we are all drawn to characters that have some sense of like uh neurodivergence like some some sense of like that they're not just like an average ordinary joe you know and yeah. that they have some struggle that they're dealing with because that's very like compelling we can relate to that and so I just think that <clears throat> in examples like that, um, with the uh, singer guy who like lost his wife, like that, you know, if if you weren't gonna make it a plot point, then like just don't introduce it, you know, just let <laughs> leave it out. I, I, you yeah. can have him not want to play guitar for any reason, but like, you, like you were saying, like you know, them, he got them cows on his fingers. Yeah, like it, it hurts his hands. Yeah, it, it <laughs> hurts his little fingies, his precious little. <laughs> delicate thingies hurt whenever he plays guitar <laughs> his little or lion fingies maybe like i don't know a string snapped and it sliced him and he's scared of playing like you know there, there's <laughs> there's so much that could like that you could do that like doesn't just prey on you being like mm, that's so sad because yeah. like it almost like it's almost like an insult to like actual struggles yeah. that people go through when they're not treating them with respect and i think that Anyone can understand that if you, even if a movie is very challenging, it's hard to watch, which, I mean, we've all seen movies that are hard to watch or very challenging, right? Because of their mm-hmm. subject matter. Like, we can still understand and appreciate the characters or what's happening because we understand that these are very real experiences. And in this movie, like, if you take the stakes out of every conflict that the, the uh, main cast is presented with, it's like, you know, at a point, why are you watching the movie? And if you're gonna yeah. like argue that the conflict is basically them wanting to perform, then you've basically made a like ninety percent of what we saw in the movie irrelevant to begin with. So why are we watching mm-hmm. this? You know, like th- there's so many issues that come up when you like try to give like 
the creators the benefit of the doubt oh what's a kid's movie oh it doesn't have to have such intense subject matter well then why is their tone all over the place why do they talk about death in like the first like five minutes who is their target audience who do they think that this is like appropriate for like it ends up just being an insult to all of the people watching the movie as opposed to just not hitting their target audience and i think that's a shame yeah it's so sad because like movies like this are pretty successful and i mean i don't want to delegitimize anyone for enjoying something like this like it's totally fine to enjoy a movie like this but i do find it to be rather manipulative and i just really (laughs) i think that animated movies kids movies especially deserve so much better yeah that's true they need some love man yeah (laughs) but anyways i believe that is concluding this part of the podcast Thank you all so much for listening, and now we will be transitioning into an interview with none other than Adam Edwards himself. Ah, yes. Mm. Round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this portion, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the cast. See you guys. Hello and welcome back to Famished for Film. This is the section of the podcast where we interview a guest and there are very many movie-going ventures and very many awful, awful movie-going opinions. And today, we are going to be dissecting the awful, awful, horrendous opinions of none other than Adam Edwards. <laughs> well, thanks, Ben. I, um, <laughs> I really appreciate that introduction. Um, <laughs> uh, as you said, my name is Adam Edwards, and I'm a communications student at Anderson University, and I also happen to really enjoy film, so... I'm happy to talk about that today. Sweet. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Of course. First off, I think we need to hit you across the side of the face with the salmon. Just hit you with the hummest of dingers, (laughs) the the hardest question you've ever been asked in your life. What would you say is your favorite movie? See, that that is one of the hardest questions. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, as I was saying before we were recording this, Mm Like it consistently changes because it's just based on what my my preferences are at the time. But I I would say consistently growing up that uh, my favorite movie doesn't mean it's the best movie is Empire Strikes Back. I would awesome say awesome pick. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's just classic, something I grew up with, uh, something my family has always enjoyed. So it's just kind of something I've always known and, and always gone back to mm. as my favorite. So interesting. Okay, what what is it about that movie that's just like so alluring to you? You'd say. Um, I just think it's a super. It's a complex story. It's very compelling. I think. I think that there's enough plot within the characters that there's there's plenty of drive within the movie, and so also with that twist ending, of Vader being Luke's father. I think Yo, whoa, pretty, hold up! Spoiler yeah, alert. We'll, we'll we'll go Yo. back. We'll go back a few seconds. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a. It's a. It's a very good second part to a very good trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy the fact that in the end of the the movie, the rebels do not win. It is very different than a than a typical action movie. It's not necessarily the happy ending, but it points to the fact that there is going to be a third film that will then set them up for a victory at the end. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just classic. Right. I've just yeah. always loved it. I love I love Star Wars. So yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, in that case, I'm interested in knowing how do you feel about some of the uh, newest installations 
into the <laughs> Star Wars universe that Disney's just been churning out. I um I I can enjoy them. Uh-huh. I'll say that. I don't think they're good Star Wars movies, but I will consistently say that there are more bad Star Wars movies than good Star Wars movies. Mm. I think that there's the standards for some people are a little too high, <laughs> and so I I like Star Wars. Star Wars is Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, I can understand why people would get upset about it. Like The Last Jedi, not my favorite thing. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I under I, I like the fact that they went in a different direction mm. that we had not seen before. Um, you I did. I did enjoy the, the Force Awakens. Just clicked off too. Yeah, if you know that. Yeah, at the mere mention of the Last <laughs> Jedi, they just... stopped listening, <laughs> um, and that's okay because I'm still talking about Star Wars, and I still like Star Wars. Yeah. But um, and the Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, I think were pretty, pretty decent movies. Um, they're they're still not my favorite in the saga, but I think they're fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good continuation of the characters, and it's it's a good passing off of the torch or the lightsaber, whatever you want to say, um, to this next generation of, of uh, younger actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. And those, the Solo movies, as in like Rogue One, Solo. The spinoffs. The spinoffs yeah. are, they're fun. I think they're, they are fun movies, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're very good movies. Uh, Rogue One, I think, definitely wins between that and Solo. Mm. I think it's a more compelling story. Solo felt very pointless to me. Right. But I still think it's really, really fun. Yeah. And I just think it's a it's a good it's a good little watch. Yeah. Um and then the Star Wars universe is just like inherently pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like you it's can literally enjoyable. watch like a painting company. <laughs> it's, don't, it's the Star don't Wars. Don't take universe. it so seriously and you'll you'll enjoy it a lot, I think. Um uh-huh. and the various T V shows and things, I think they've done a great job. Mm-hmm. Recently The Mandalorian is is a super solid T V show. I think they ILM, the, the whole behind-the-scenes thing aspect mm-hmm. of it, is very interesting to me as they're moving forward with some other technologies. So I think it all kind of adds to that, too. I mm-hmm. think just the, the production of Star Wars has always been a super cool and interesting thing as it sets so many other movies up right. for success. Because um, I would say that Star Wars is probably, if, if it's not the most influential, it's definitely up there as mm-hmm. the most influential movie of all time. Well, I mean, I feel like you're so ungraciously forgetting about the B-movie existing. <laughs> so Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, those B-puns, they have Jerry been... Seinfeld <laughs> did produce a classic. Jerry where... Seinfeld invented comedy. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> People think he's famous because of the TV show Seinfeld. No. <laughs> he's famous because of the B-movie. Um... I don't think you can beat that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't. Yeah, okay, glad we're on the same page. Despite uh, disagreeing about The Last Jedi or whatever. Like, That's uh, fine. We can differ we can on agree anything on. else. <laughs> but as long as we agree on the B-movie, <laughs> we're set. We're set for some good conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> transitioning so eloquently <laughs> from that <laughs> conversational topic, I was interested in asking you about, like, what kind of aspect of filmmaking or like what would you say is like a consistent trend with the main thing that you enjoy about a lot of the films that you see um, in general, I guess? Like would it be the writing or maybe the cinematography? or Yeah, like I mean, that? it's definitely a combination of, of things, of course. I think you combine everything to make a good movie, but mm. I think for a long time it's been practical effects. Mm. I really, I really enjoy seeing... How, do, how is something shot? 
so well that you don't even realize that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, practical effects are phasing out a little bit, and that kind right. of is disappointing to me. Lost art. But I think that practical effects are something that should stay mm. because I think you lose a sense of realism when you switch over to CGI. Now, I mean, CGI does a great job in plenty of movies, but I think it right. can be overused. Bit of a crutch. Yeah, sometimes. I think it's I think it's a little bit of a cop out sometimes yeah. because it's it's easier and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. But I think if you invest the time, it might not make more money. The film might not make more money, but I think the movie-going experience is going to be a little bit better, and I think that matters mm-hmm. in the end. Um, I think there's this trend of, of going to see a Marvel movie with a great story, mm-hmm. great characters, and then you just look at it and you just get a headache because there's too many too many fake things on the screen, uh-huh. too many colors. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I love the Marvel movies. I love the DC movies, but there's mm-hmm. just there's just this sense of wonder and these practical effects that you see mm. in the 80s and 90s and things like that. Right, yeah. Especially out of things like timeless classics. That is one of the biggest staples of them, mm-hmm. I think, is practical effects. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's the main thing that like makes Indiana Jones or like something like Star Wars seem just so timeless. Yeah, yeah, the I think so. The effects still look amazing. Yeah, I watched, um, I watched The Thing from, from 1982 recently. Yeah. How was it? That was that was the first time I'd seen it um, yeah, because I, I watched it for a class, oh. uh, a class I'm taking here, and it was incredible. <laughs> like, it was. I really want to see that. Like, I I had never seen a movie where, like, an alien, mm. clearly something that I don't think is that plausible, right? <laughs> coming down to earth, I've never been so terrified because of a practical effect <laughs> because that is a scary looking creature. Really? Yeah. So it. Uh, do you understand like the premise of the thing? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, where yeah. it kind of invades the, mm-hmm. somebody's body, but yeah. you can't tell. You can't tell, right. It's just that, that added amount of suspense mm-hmm. combined with the practical effects just really sold it, I think. Mm. That's it. You know, no, we're ending the cast right now. We're just going to go watch <laughs> the thing. Please. You know, the big TV Please, right behind us. That? <laughs> <laughs> you can just turn it on now. We'll just, we might stop talking Talk for a it. couple hours, but... <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. All right, we're transitioning to the part in the show where me and Adam literally just sit down and watch a movie we don't, and we say don't nothing speak at all. <laughs> um, we might chuckle every once in a while. We might cry, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, well, that's. I mean, practical effects kind of leads perfectly into the next thing I was going to ask you because I was interested in kind of picking your brain for a specific trend in modern filmmaking that you would say you are not the biggest fan of in general something that you think is like kind of becoming a bit of a mainstay kind of gaining a lot of popularity and something that is just like like the cgi thing could be a good example of that but is there anything else that kind of springs to your mind yeah i mean along the cgi thing there's I guess that it, with green screens and blue screens, mm. I say that as a green screen is right behind us <laughs> <laughs> for our studio. Um, but I, I just think it is it is a cop out mm-hmm. um, sometimes. But that's not my answer. I'm gonna, okay. I just think that's that's something that really bothers me to see behind right. the scenes footage of a movie, and it's just it's just green or blue. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. these these actors interact with nothing. Uh huh. And I think it takes a really good actor to do that. Oh um, yeah. But I'd, I'd say that one thing that has really bothered me recently mm-hmm. is the whole idea that the only 
movies that are going to sell are movies that are connected. Mm. So like extended universes yeah, I mean, kind of thing. Everybody's yeah. making another extended universe. And that's right. that is definitely a, a big trend <laughs> that I think can be used really really well. Uh-huh. But I think that um uh, film companies can go about it the wrong way mm. where they might put too much emphasis on the interconnectedness yeah. rather than just focusing Forget on, to make a on good individual movie. characters. Yeah. I mean, of course, the MCU is the, the first one to really do that, mm-hmm. and they did a great job of that, but I can still see them. They're kind of phasing out a little bit because they're focusing a little too much on this interconnectedness. Right. Um, and, of course, you've got the DC universe who kind of copied a lot of what Marvel did, and it didn't. It wasn't as successful. It is still pretty successful. I think there's still some good stuff in there. But right. They kind of wanted to jump right into this MCU type of universe that they're creating. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we saw, what was it, five or six years ago with um, the Dark Universe? <laughs> <laughs> with, um, the Mummy. I think that's just not. I forgot about It's just that. not a good idea. Like, I guess Universal, technically, they're the first ones yeah. to have done it back in the 30s and 40s. And it worked. Real, real quick to explain this for anyone who doesn't know, the Dark Universe was basically <laughs> this flagship extended universe created by Tom Cruise's The Mummy. <laughs> this reboot of The Mummy that nobody was asking for, nobody wanted to see, and it was god awful. I, I haven't even seen it. You haven't seen I have it? Not. It's taking the time. <laughs> it. Hug your family or something. Like, do anything else. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this it's freaking <laughs> it's so annoying because not only is it like an awful disgusting just <clears throat> insulting piece of filmmaking <laughs> like they also tried to use this movie as like a flagship movie to basically jumpstart this new extended universe that they were yeah. doing with like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and like uh, I the think Bride there was I think there was like a I think they released Dracula Untold, mm. maybe in the mid 2010s. They released another one? No, it it actually came before the Mummy. Really? But I think like at the very, like right before production finished or right before it was about to be released or something, mm-hmm. they quickly like changed part of it to where it barely connected. <laughs> no. Way. And that's what they. And I mean, that was like a couple <laughs> years before the Mummy was released, so I don't, I don't remember uh, for sure if that's what happened. But mm-hmm. I know they tried to count it into the universe. As, as best they could, but it just right. doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's that's my biggest problem with kind of movies today is because they just focus way too much on making money through interconnected universes when mm-hmm. really you can just have an individual story that builds mm-hmm. over time. And I, I think if, if film companies had a bit more patience, mm-hmm. maybe it would pay off a little bit better. Right. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is... <laughs> And it's it's so widespread too. And there's some people yeah. who are trying to do it like within <laughs> half the time that Marvel actually. Like, yeah, I mean they to... give it like two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Marvel's wasn't. I mean, the their first kind of uh, generation of characters that didn't really end for what a little over ten years. Oh yeah. I think. I mean, you had Infinity War. Which uh, an Endgame, which really ended those characters, mm-hmm. but it took them ten years to do that, mm. and that was what was so cool about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, 
We'll get a B-movie extended universe <laughs> yeah. sooner or later. Yeah, that's the only one I'm counting on. That's, um, <laughs> that's the only one I'll forgive. Yeah, get all the characters from Seinfeld, make them Bs, <laughs> make, give them all their own movie. Please put George Costanza. <laughs> Please put him in a B-movie. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing about all of your horrible, horrible opinions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This yeah. has been an absolute blast. Yeah, I had a good time. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, well, now I believe that we are going to be transitioning to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Famous for Film. I am Benjamin Dupre. And I'm Adam Edwards. And I hope that you have a fantastic day watching movies with your parents, with your loved one, cuddling up right next to them watching the B movie. (laughs) And I hope you all have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Thank you all so much for listening. A good day, a good afternoon, or a good night to all film lovers listening. 